Learning and Development, Episode 8, Disappearing Act, written by Michelle Whelan, voiced by AI Simulation April. Thanks for your time, Doug announced as he clicked on the end call button. I gave a long, dragged-out huff, realizing we had taken on another client for the year. I just sat there rubbing my temple, wondering where we planned to fit this new client in our busy schedule. What's wrong? Doug asked. This makes client number 12, Doug. We have 12 new clients since the new year began. Doug flipped through the note he took and said, So? That's a good thing. We must have something good going for us then. Yes, he was right. It's great we have all these new clients coming on board, but we are only two people, which is a lot of work for two people. I sucked it all in and agreed with him. I guess the word of our amazing work is getting out. As we walked out of the boardroom, I noticed that Chastity wasn't at her desk. I looked at my watch and saw it was only 11.30 a.m. Must be coffee break time, I thought to myself. As I stood there staring at Chastity's desk, I couldn't help but notice that Doug had disappeared quickly into his office and came out. I gotta go, he told me as he put his jacket on and walked past me in a hurry. Go where? I shouted at him as he walked out of the office. I stood there watching him leave. With no chastity and no Doug, I realized I was the only one left in the whole office. There is so much I can do being the only one here. Then I looked down at my notebook and realized that I had a ton of work to do. The afternoon hit me hard. I felt groggy after staring at the computer for a long time. I got up and took a huge stretch. I walked out of my office and noticed how it was eerily quiet. I walked towards the kitchen. To do this, I needed to walk past Doug's office. I peered in and noticed he wasn't there. I continued my journey to the kitchen. Pour myself a glass of water. I stood there looking around and still felt this silence in the whole office. It was strange. Usually, I would hear the chatter of Chastity or Doug on the phones, the clanging of the keyboards, or the noise outside of the day. Well, I can still hear things going on outside if I concentrate on it. I took another sip of my water and curled the cup towards my chest as I rested that arm on my other while thinking about the projects I had ahead of me. Still, I decided to enjoy the quiet for the time being, as Doug or Chastity would burst in through those doors with some noise or mindless conversation they so desired to tell me. It was nice having the whole office to myself, peaceful in a way. I can think straight and don't need the distraction. Maybe I could run this company by myself? I took another sip of my water and then thought about Doug and Chastity's roles in this company. Nope, it would be hard to run this place by myself. In fact, it is hard to run this place with just the three of us. I looked into my cup to see how much was left, took the last sip, placed my cup in the sink, and returned to my work. I hear the front office door open and closed. It distracted me from my work. I turned my head towards the noise to find Doug walking towards his office without acknowledging me. He looked like he was deep in thought. This is very unusual, as he would at least make a small amount of time to say hello or a quick chat. I looked at my watch and noticed he had been gone most of the day. I got up and walked over to him. Once I reached his office, I watched him settle at his desk. Where have you been? I asked him. Nowhere. He quickly answered like he didn't want to talk. You've been away for most of the day, I explained, ignoring his tone. So? He quickly added. I stood there trying to find the words to answer his so. This was quite out of character for Doug. He was always the talkative one out of the two of us. He needed to tell me everything. He couldn't keep a secret. Now, suddenly, he has become tight-lipped. Doug? I said, trying to get his attention. 
Is everything okay? He stopped what he was doing to look up at me. Yeah, it's fine. He then returned to what he was doing. I walked into the office the next day and no chastity was sitting at her desk. I walked into my office, dropped all my stuff, and went to Doug's office. As I approached his office, I shouted, Hey, Doug, you wanna... I suddenly stopped. No Doug, either. Coffee? is the last word of that sentence that needs to come out. The office was quiet all over again. I went downstairs to the coffee shop we usually go to. Standing in line waiting for my time to order, I noticed Uncle in the corner of the cafe, adding extra bags of sugar to his coffee. Uncle was engrossed in conversation to someone sitting opposite to him. This guy was in the suit and looked more like a park bench lawyer with a bad comb over and shoe polish hair dye. I know Uncle was always up to something dodgy. He took us down to the basement once and showed us the number of bricks of cocaine there, thinking we were contest winners. I wonder whatever happened to the real contest winners. Sarah, the waiter said to me, your usual. This took my attention away from Uncle and the strange man. Oh yeah, usual, Frank. The waiter rang it up and went to make it while I continued to stare at Uncle. Insurance guy? I heard a familiar voice. When I turned to see whose voice that was, I found Chastity standing beside me. Uncle is updating his insurance on the building. What? I asked her. Oh yeah, Uncle is worried about a new client in the building. He is concerned that this new client will do something dodgy. She responded. New client? I said back. Yeah, on level four, no idea who they are, but Uncle said, be careful. Here you go, Sarah. The waiter, Frank, handed me a coffee cup with a small cookie on the top. Chastity and I walked back to the office, and I asked her, Is everything okay? I haven't seen you in a while. It's only been two days, Sarah, she said as she opened the door. I thought about this and realized it had actually been a week. I went to correct her, but Doug burst out of his office. Gotta go, he said, pushing me aside. Go where? I shouted at him, but he didn't answer, just walking into the lift. Where does he go? I asked Chastity, seeing if she might have some answers. Don't know, visiting his baby mama, she said as she sat down. Wait, what? Doug doesn't have kids. Well, none that I know of. Doug doesn't have kids, I told her. No idea then, she answered while turning the computer on. I sat there staring at the Trello board, looking at all our ongoing projects. I kept clicking between them, looking at what else was left on each of the projects, what was due first, and so on. I wasn't in the mood to build or design, and Doug hadn't returned to the office yet. I let out a deep, long sigh and looked over to see Chastity on her computer, wondering how I would finish these projects in time. Then suddenly, Doug walked into the office, past my office without acknowledging me yet again, and straight to his office. I walked out of my office to go and talk to him, but he slammed his office door in my face. I was taken aback by this as, once again, this is out of character for Doug. I knock on his door and wait for a come-in from him. As I never got that come-in, I slowly walked in. He turned the light off in his office, and I noticed he looked pale than normal, with black rings under his eyes like he hadn't slept in a while. Doug, are you okay? I asked him. Fine, why? He answered my question with another. Well, first, you keep disappearing, I told him. I'm okay, Sarah, he said to me with an indication for me to leave his office. So I did, before I could finish off interrogating him. I stood outside with his door closed, wondering what Doug could be doing to make him so different. Drugs, Chastity said. 
It's like she can read my mind and has this bullshit habit of just appearing out of nowhere. You mean Doug is partying with Uncle? I asked her. Uncle? She asked. No way Uncle would supply drugs to Doug. His stash is bad or out of date. Doug is a client here in the building. There is no way Uncle would supply to him, she said as she thought about it. Chastity continued to the kitchen as I stood there pondering that Doug could be into the hard stuff. I shook it off. There was no way Doug would be into hard drugs. As I sat there designing, I noticed something catching my eye. I turned my attention to my bookshelf and noticed a few of my figurines were missing. I got up and moved towards the shelf to see if they were actually gone or had been missed place. As I studied the shelf, I made mental notes on which ones were gone. I don't like it when people touch my stuff without permission or look at my collectibles as nothing but useless toys. These collectibles, figurines, and limited editions mean something to me. I thought about who would have been in my office. Since my last conversation with Chastity and Uncle about their small OnlyFans account and how I prefer them never to use my office again, I couldn't imagine anyone wanting to steal my collectibles. I know Chastity and Doug come into my office occasionally, but they wouldn't steal from me. This made me angry. Why is my stuff missing? I walked into Doug's office. There's something strange, I said to him, but I couldn't finish this sentence as I caught him in the middle of something. I wasn't sure what it was as he quickly swiped his desk clean and into his drawer. Uh, going on? I changed my tune. What's going on? Nothing he quickly said, trying to hide his emotions from me. I stood studying his facial expression and him himself. He was sweaty, still pale than usual, and trying to avoid eye contact with me. Something is clearly up with him. No doubt something is up. You keep disappearing and you are nervous all the time. Now I have things missing in my office. I looked around his office. I knew he liked to keep things bare and minimalist, but something about his office was empty. Your office is naked. I said to him, no, it's not. You just don't come in that often. He had an answer for everything. Then his phone went off. He snatched it up quickly before I could see who was calling. He looked at the screen and then said, gotta go. He stood up, grabbed his jacket and left, leaving me still standing there in his office. I watched Doug walk past my office yet again, but I noticed how frustrated he was by the way he was walking past my office kind of fast-passed and taking more comprehensive steps. He was on the phone as he walked past. The conversation he was having was not on my mind, but his hand was all bandaged up, and a blood stain appeared on the top of it. If all my years of watching TV had taught me anything, Doug was in serious trouble. I went to get up and go and visit him, but he walked past my office again at the same pace and still having the phone to his ear and left. I quickly got up and chased after him. Doug, I shouted. I managed to get to the lift and pushed open the doors. He quickly ended the call and put his phone in his pocket. What the hell is going on? I asked him, getting concerned with him. All this sneaking around, his attitude, his appearance, everything was getting on my nerves. Nothing, he answers. This answer didn't settle with me. He is my best friend, my only friend, my business partner, my everything and him having this worrying secret from me was making me angry. I needed to know what was going on with him. No, it's not nothing, it's something. Look at you, you're pale and sweaty, your hand... I said, worried about him. He removed my hands from the elevator doors, pushed me back onto the floor, and said, 
Sarah, everything is going to be okay. I stood there watching him leave the office, and then it was quiet again. Silence in the office all over again. The only noise was the busyness of the world going on outside. I turn around to look behind me and notice, yet once again, I have the whole office to myself. I was worried about Doug. Everything is not okay, and if he continues to behave like this, it won't get any better, like he thinks it is. I knew there was something in his draws that was the cause of all of this. I tiptoe into Doug's office and went to his draw. I open it as Doug doesn't know how to lock things. But his draw was empty. Well, except for some pens, post-it notes, and chewy gum. I took a piece of his gum and rummaged through it to find any hints of something. As I pushed things to the side, I noticed a container in the back of the drawers tucked away behind some post-it notes and other junk he had. I pulled this tin out, opened it, and noticed some already made-out checks, cash, and another container of white powder inside. I quickly closed it and shoved it in the back of the drawer. I couldn't believe what I just saw. I walked back to my office. I sat in my office listening to the quiet, but didn't move. I looked over at my bookshelf to get my head around what was happening, and then I noticed all of my books and figurines were gone. No, Doug couldn't be the one who took them. I know our company only has a little money, and Doug and I are surviving on a client-by-client -client basis. Is he really on hard drugs and stealing my stuff to support himself? I googled, how do I tell that my teenager is on drugs? As always, click on the first link. A YouTube video popped up. Is your teenager always disappearing or refusing to leave their bedroom? Yes, I answered the video. Is your teenager acting weirder than normal and seems withdrawn? I thought about it and said, well, yes. Does your teenager look pale and sweaty? I nodded. Are there things missing in your home? I looked over at my bookshelf, then at my desk, and noticed not only my stuff on my desk was gone, but also my computer screens were gone too. How could I miss that? Fuck! I said out loud. Your teenager might be on drugs. Then, the video ends with a logo for the local church. Oh my god, my teenager is on drugs! I said out loud, panicking about what to do next. Before I could do anything else, Doug walked into my office, wiping his nose with his sleeve. Hey, I need some money, he asked in a croaky voice. I searched my wallet and realized, No, you can't have my money. You don't need it. Doug stood there, puzzled. Not your money. I'm borrowing some from our work account. I'm just letting you know. He walked out. Wait, I shouted at him. He returned and handed him my credit card. Here, take it all. I know you need more than I do. He looked at my card and said, Sarah. He tried to return it. No, I'm a supporting mother here and I hate seeing my teenager suffering. Doug looked at me, puzzled. As I stood up to face him, I continued, You need money. I'll figure out a way so you have it. As I walked out of the room, Doug grabbed me by the arm and pulled me back. Sarah, I don't know what is going on, but I'm not on drugs. I just need money to pay off. Someone. That didn't sound any better. Is Doug into gambling now? So, no drugs? I asked him. None, just have some heavy loans to pay off quickly, Doug told me. I breathed a sigh of relief, but it was quickly replaced with panic again as Doug needed money badly. Okay, I said to him. If you need money, okay, take it out of our accounts. I didn't feel comfortable about this. Once we have finished these 12 clients, we will be rolling in money, he told me, trying to improve the situation. I walked around the office trying to read some of the storyboards for the next client on the list, but what Doug told me kept running through my head. 
He is not into drugs, but he had heavy loans to pay off. So if it's not drugs, then it must be something else. What could Daug have done that would gotten him into so much trouble? But that doesn't explain his little container in his drawers. I knew I should say something to him about that. But what about his appearance, pale, sweaty, dark circles under his eyes? He continuing disappearance? It doesn't add up. I dropped the storyboards onto the coffee table in our hangout room when I heard a loud thug that didn't sound right. I turned to look what that noise was to find all these papers were on the floor. Wait, where's the coffee table? I turn my head to find the TV is also missing. Not our hangout room. I like this part of the office and now Doug is selling it. I'm now pissed. Doug! I yelled out to find no answer. Once again, I am alone in the office. The day came to an end and it seemed there was no chastity or Doug. I decided to pack up and leave. The elevator door opened and I stepped out when I saw Uncle and that guy from the coffee hub. I took one step closer to them when I heard Uncle say, so the building is insured for four million? I did hear that, right? Did Uncle take out a four million dollar insurance on the building? The bench park lawyer nodded. As I got closer, I quickly took out my earbuds and pretended not to hear their conversation as I walked past. But Uncle may have given me an idea on how to help Doug's finance issues. But the next question is, how do I destroy a building to get Uncle to claim that $4 million? I got home and stood in the lobby of my apartment building to find the landlord standing there with a garbage bag, dishwasher gloves, and long tongs. Is everything okay? I asked him. Rats, he said back. We have rats. I was shocked. Not anymore, he said as he shook the bag. I screwed my face up. Gross. But he gave me another idea. What if I release rats into the building, get them to eat through the wires, and then boom, the building is on fire? The fire marshal would declare it was an act of nature. Win for us, and a win for uncle. I quickly raced up the stairs, placed all my stuff down, and designed a rat trap to see how many of these suckers I could catch. Very late that night, I went out to find I caught ten of these suckers. I returned to the office and went to level four. I opened one of the roof tiles and let the rats loose. As I heard the scratching away, I looked around level four's office and saw it was mostly a warehouse-like setup. As I walked through it, I noticed they were stocking candles. Is this what Chastity meant that Uncle was concerned about these guys' business adventure? Here I was, thinking they were doing something dodgy. I picked up a few and smelt them. Some of the smells remind me of home. I put them back and left. It's now up to the rats to do their job. I rocked up to work to notice the building was still intact. Damn those rats. I walked in and took the elevator to level three. The front door was locked, no lights were on, and Chastity's computer was gone, and so was our bright yellow couch in the corner. Damn it, Doug, you didn't need to sell everything. Doug, I shouted. Chastity. I shouted as well. I got no response. Not this again, I said to myself as I journeyed to my office. The office was so quiet I completed another course for the next client in line, but having no one around to bounce ideas off, check the work, or just help was hard. I like freelancing, but this was beyond the joke. Doug has missed out on the client's work so much that it's hard to know what is left to do. Do I need to create the LMSs as well? I took a deep breath, opened the Trello board, and noticed a few of the courses for this had already been ticked off. I'm trying to remember building them or designing storyboards for them. 
I may have to talk to Doug about this when I see him next. I got up and went to our printer room. Well, we had this big printer in a closet. There was not much to it. I grabbed the storyboard I printed out and started to make some comments on it. As I was doing this, my mind kept wondering about Doug again. His absence from the company has had an effect on our friendship as well. He never answered texts from me quickly, like he used to. They would be a couple of hours or even days late. When I did see him, I would let him hang out, go for lunch, or do something together, and he would brush me off like I was a burden to him. Have things in our relationship gone sour? Could this load of money he owes could break our friendship? I shuffled myself to the hangout room while staring, rereading the same line in the storyboard, when suddenly, thug, that really hurt. A small ouch creeped out while I lay there on the ground where our hangout couch should have been. I just lied there, didn't move, and didn't hurt myself badly. Just my emotions and my ego were the only things that got hurt in that fall. I just knew this was the final straw. Doug had stolen our hangout couch. I am officially ticked off. I am now done with his money problems. I need to fix this issue tonight to get my Doug back and continue with our lives and our company. I sat up on my elbows. I knew what needed to be done to get Doug's money and where to get it. I waited until it was dark and quiet in the building. I knew we would get blamed for this, and knowing the type of business on level four, I moved up to level four, hoping that they would get the blame for my little plan. I noticed they never locked their doors and grabbed a few candles. I also found lighter fluid and lighters. Not much of a candle company that wants to be safe. I grabbed what I could and went to their bathroom. I ripped open their hand towel dispenser and threw many of them into the bin and on the floor. I also added some of the candles into the bin and then squirted lighter fluid into the bin. I grabbed the lighters I had turned them on and threw them into the bin. Voom! The flames flooded the bin very quickly. As I stood there watching the fire dance, I had to quickly snap myself out of the hypnotizing dance to add lighter fluid to the bathroom floor. I dosed the carpet in the entrance of their office with more fluid and made it into a trail towards the candles, where I drowned them in the fluids. I exited the office and noticed a red glow from the bathroom. I knew then that this over-the-top plan I had created was finally taking place. I also knew I needed to get out of there before I found myself in more trouble than I should be. As I headed home, I smiled to myself, knowing that Doug would be getting better. As a typical criminal, they always return to the scene of their crimes, pretending they don't know what is going on. I did just that. I returned to the building to find this place was burned down to the ground. What was left standing was black and badly burnt. It looked like a burnt marshmallow if you left it on the fire for too long. I looked around at the mess, the drenched burnt parts of the building, fire trucks on either side, people gathering around. I saw Uncle standing there near the damage. I lifted the tape and walked over to him. I placed my hand on his shoulder. Uncle? I said, trying to get his attention. He looked at me and said, The building is burnt down. Do you know what happened? I was trying not to make it sound like I already knew. He looked around at the damage, and then an idea came to him. I bet it was the Russian mafia. I sighed with relief. Yes, good. Let's blame the mafia for this one. It makes sense. Let's stick to this story. The fire marshal approached us, looking down at his clipboard. So we have examined the damage, and it's the Russian mafia. I finish his statement. The fire marshal stopped in his tracks to stare at us. 
The corner of his mouth tweaked a little under his mustache. You know what? I'm going to put it down as it was rat infestation instead. There is no way I want to be a part of a mafia hit. The fire marshal said as he signed on a piece of paper. He tore it off the clipboard and handed it to me. Rats? I asked. Yeah, it's just easier than getting involved in underworld crimes, he said as he walked off. I handed the report to Uncle and said, at least on the plus side, you got your insurance. Uncle stood up straight and puffed out his chest. A smile came over his face while tapping his fingers on his large tummy. Oh, yes. I now can claim four million dollars. I had to stop him. Yes, but you also need to pay out the insurance for those who worked in the building, too. He stopped doing what he was doing and returned to his hunchy self. Really? There is no way I put in those extra hours last night for nothing. I want my money for Doug. Yes, you do need to pay them out. Give them about $300,000 each if it makes life easier. Uncle's eyes lit up. It was like I asked him to eat the worst thing you could imagine. 300000 Each? He asked. It only seems fair, and you still get to keep most of the $4 million, I said, trying to get Uncle to see this from my point of view. He stood there, eyeing me off, hoping I would change my mind on this. I stood there, eyeing him off, hoping he saw this from my point of view. I added one more thing that could sweeten the deal. Or, you can let your tenants sue for not having the building up to standards. I mean, rat, seriously, when was the place cleaned out last? He backed down. He screwed his face up and pulled out his checkbook. He started to mutter something, but I couldn't understand him. It was either in a different language or he was very good at swearing under his breath. The sound of the check ripping off his book made this deal even more sweeter. He placed the check in my hand and then added, Not a word about the... He looked around the place and finished with, Rats. I stood there smiling away, couldn't believe that my plan actually worked. Something I did, I created, went to plan. I looked at the check, counted each zero slowly, and then my phone rang. Hey, I need you right now. I recognized the voice, but it sounded different than his usual. What is up, Doug? I answered him back. I need you over here right now. Over where? Oh, let me send you an address. He hung up. A text message popped up with an address. When I typed into Google Maps, I noticed something strange. It was about 10 blocks from my apartment. I walked up the path, seeing a familiar figure standing there. He strolled from one edge to the other, kicking the ground from time to time, arms folded in front of him, looking down at his shoes. This got on my nerves, so I quickened up the pace and finally got Doug's attention. I'm here. I looked around this neighborhood and noticed how nice it was. The building on the outside was clean red brick and looked like it was freshly built. Doug took off my bandana and said, Here, put this on. I stood staring at him, wondering why he would take something off only for me to put it back on. Around your eyes, he finally cleared this up for me. No, I told him. Somehow, I started to feel slightly distrustful of Doug. After all, he had been acting suspicious and weird lately. Trust me, it's for your own good, he said taking the bandana out of my hands. He spun me around, took off my glasses, and tied around my eyes before I could say a word. Then my vision went dark, and I was only left with my thoughts and the sound of Doug's voice. Hold on. I felt him guiding me into the building that was behind us. The room was warm compared to the outside, then nothing. I sensed Doug left me alone, 
I felt myself breathing heavily. I started to think about what Doug could be doing. I tried to hear some sort of voice or some sort of noise, but I couldn't hear anything. Nothing, no voice, no sound, no chainsaw. Then I heard, bing! Doug grabbed me by the arms and guided me to a darker room. As I sensed the door closing and the room moving, my thoughts started to jump around. What if Doug is in far worse trouble than I thought? What if I'm the next thing he sells from the office to pay off his debts? I have no idea how to be a drug dealer or a drug mule or worse. Ping. The doors opened and Doug led me out of the room. We took a few extra steps into another room while my mind raced again. What do I do if I got caught with drugs? How do I stop myself from overdosing? I don't want to be pimped out. I can't make that much money. It would be a slow burn for Doug's debts. Okay, you can open your eyes now, Doug said excitedly. I couldn't jump his vibe as this racing thought ran through me. I just couldn't do it. I know he is in trouble. I burned down a building for him. I need him to get the help he needs, and I want my Doug back. I slowly removed the blindfold and turned to face him. Doug, I know you're in trouble, and I want to help you. I'm still trying to figure out if it's drugs or gambling, but you have dug yourself a financial hole that you can't get out of. I quickly reached into my back pocket and pulled out the check. I placed the check in his hands. I got as much money as possible, got to get you the help you need. Pay your debts and go to rehab, get yourself clean. I want my Doug back. As soon as I said this, I heard a slight tiny cough behind me. I stopped preaching at Doug to slowly look around this amazing, clean, modern office. I turned to the left to find the kitchen and the hangout room behind it with beanbags and a foosball table. I continued to swing around to find the office space open, laptops on the desk, desk chairs, and some desks raised. I continued my slow motion journey to see a group of people standing before me, but I looked behind them to see office plants, crystal clear windows, more desks, wooden floors, and a red brick interior. So modern. I finally returned to Doug, who was looking down at the check with widened eyes and his mouth hanging there. I turn around to finally see these group of people. Surprised, they awkwardly shout at me. What is going on here? I finally asked. Doug stepped forward trying to regain his emotions from witnessing the check. He wrapped his arm around my shoulders. Sarah, meet your new team. Team, I shout, surprised. I tried to comprehend myself over all of this. I have a team? What's up with this office? Is Doug really in trouble? I turn back to Doug, still confused. The best part is we work here now. We needed a new office for our new team, Doug told me excitedly. I couldn't breathe. We had a team and a new office. What the hell was going on? Doug, can we talk in my office? I said to him. I turned around and headed towards where I thought my office would be, then realized I didn't know where it was. I stood there looking around for my office. Where is my office? Doug points to a glass room in the corner. I took a few steps to admire the office. Everything missing was there. My books, my figures, my computer screens, a new desk, and the couch and TV from our old hangout room. Doug grabbed me by the hand and walked me into my new office. As I entered, I stood there looking at everything, thanking my lucky stars for not losing any of this in the fire. Sarah, are you okay? Doug asked like it was his turn to be concerned for me. We have an office and a team? I asked him, not sure how to feel. Yes, well, seems we are getting new clients. Heaps of new clients, I might add. 
I thought it would be good to get a team of designers to help out. But as I was doing this, we kept getting more and more clients. I just sign on another six more. All emotions had just left my body. And seems we now have a team of 10 people. We need to work, so I decided maybe it's time for us to move into an office that looks more like us, not like a backdrop of a cheap porno. Still, I couldn't feel a thing. I found this place I knew you would like. It's not far from home, but so modern, too. I took a deep breath in and held on to it. Did our company just grow? While I stood there, trying to grasp this idea that we are now more proper business owners, Doug opened the check he had in his hands. This is quite a lot of money, Sarah. Where did you get this? Do I dare to tell him that I burnt down a building to collect uncle's insurance money? Is my trust in Doug coming back? What if this moment would be the breaking point between Doug and me? Feet finder, I said, letting out the breath. Feet finder? Doug asked. Yeah, it's amazing how much extra cash you can make from it. Doug bounced the check in his hands and nodded in agreement. I finally felt my emotions returning to me, and I could feel them again. I was glad that Doug bought that story for now. I stood beside him. I could see the color back on his face. There were no more black rings under his eyes, and his hand looked okay. I turned my focus back on the team on the other side of the glass wall, busy working. We have a team? Doug stood beside me, staring from the glass wall. Yes, our little company had suddenly grown. The amount of clients and work we have this year is more than we could ever ask for. So you're not in trouble with drugs or gambling, I asked him. What? No, I don't do the hard stuff, you know that, Doug replied. So you disappear? I asked, turning to face him. Was me doing this? I was looking for a new office, interviewing people, signing them up, transferring to a new bank account, you know, stuff we need to do to get our business up and running. But I found white powder in your drawers with wads of cash, I said, trying to justify this situation. My vitamins, you know I can't swallow pills, Doug answers. But your hand and your were sweaty and lost of color? Again, trying to justify myself. I hurt my hand building your new desk and sweating because I was running around, Doug explained. I felt another emotion come over me. Blessed. I was excited, happy, and yet nervous about our company's expansion. I was excited to see where these new adventures would take us. I couldn't believe that this expansion happened so quickly as well. I took a deep breath and smiled. One main thing that made me truly happy out of all this was that I didn't have to look at the choke broad learning door again. You have been listening to Learning and Development. Tune in next time.